0: All right, so we're back. So it's time to pull up a chair because this is the best part of my day. It is better than waking up with Folgers in my cup, honestly. Uh, joining me back on the pod, making his fourth, that's right, his fourth appearance. A person who's very near and dear to me, and I'll explain why. And if you have listened to this podcast, you know why. But uh, you can find this guy. He is the uh, the co-host of Bell and the Birdman. It's a it's an Eagles podcast available anywhere you can find uh, podcast. He also works very closely with a great organization called Last Out Media, helping podcasters all over the place, and he sometimes exists on 94WIP Sports Radio out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My main man, Vince Quinn, VQ, welcome back, and how you doing? Yeah, four times is awesome. Uh, it's always fun. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times I come on, we disagree about stuff. They're fun arguments. Uh, I think generally you've been more right than me, but that's okay. And uh, happy for round four, man. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun, And Vince. Don't 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 be be so hard on yourself, man. Everyone, so every argument, someone's got to be wrong, and every argument, someone's got to be right. You know, so don't be so hard on yourself, okay? <laughs> all right, all right, Vince. Now, uh, before we get into the meat and bones of why why you're here today, uh, for those of you who do not know why Vince holds a special place, is because he is the reason why I am on. Uh, I'm doing this. So I want to say that very clearly. He is responsible for this podcast. So everybody out there, once again, Vince Quinn is responsible for this podcast. So direct all your, you know, uh, questions to, uh, at it's Vince Quinn on Twitter, and he will be he- helpful in answering all your questions. Now, Vince, obviously, seriously, um, we've, dis- we've discussed this a lot in the past. Uh, you know, you are the inspiration for this show and I cannot continue to thank you for, opening my eyes to this.
1: Well, yeah, man. And, and for you to be working the way that you do, the number of episodes you've been putting together, I mean, you also like it's nobody's business. I, I always think you've got a interesting, fun perspective on things. Like, I always look forward to, on the show. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have done it. I'm, I mean, it's, it's one of the better things that I've done,
0: man. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you do it out there, everybody. See? Take lessons from Vince Quinn. All right, Vince. Today's show... Uh you you lend so one of the reasons why I like talking with you, Vince, is because you not only lend a very, very insightful local analysis on the Philadelphia sports teams, but you branch out. Uh, you're one of the most insightful NFL analysts that I've ever spoken to. And I always like to pick your brain about the NFL, not so much the Eagles, well, or both. And the last time we spoke was right after the draft, and we had a very heartful conversation about about the upcoming season. Now, Vince, we are 13 weeks into this season. And before I get on to the first question, let me ask you this, Vince. Does the NFL season go by too fast for you? Because it sure does go by too fast for me. Oh, always, always. And and it's such a shame because,
1: like, I'm used to the NFL season on some level being like – Four times longer than it is because I'm doing all this NFL work all the time. I'm watching games like downfield and the Birdman. I'm there through the whole league game, and then I got to do post game, and I'm driving home and working on other stuff. So like, I don't get to watch the whole game every game like I used to do growing up. But I still put in the time for the highlights and all that, so I make it work. But uh, it's not the same, man. It was the best to be able to just sit there on a Sunday, know that I was watching the uh, the morning
0: countdown show with like Boomer and Tom Jackson, and go all the way Sunday night. And, and do it again Monday night? Yeah, and and then when you couple in the sixth month of offseason time, it just really it, – it's, it's kind of like a skyrocket. You know, you're watching a fireworks show. It's it's great, but then before you know it, it's over, and you're back to wait until next year. Um, but, Vince, we are at a part of the NFL season that is the best part, the stretch run, the final dash, so to speak, to the finish line or to the playoff line. And that was kind of leads me into my first question with you. As we get ready, as, as we kind of are starting to see the playoff uh, picture kind of come into focus, what team in the we'll – let's start with the, the AFC. What team in the AFC has grabbed your attention as it, up to this point? Yeah, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals.
1: I mean, I, I thought the Bengals would be fun but lose a bunch of games. They won a lot more than I thought they would. And, yeah. and for them to be such a competitive, exciting team – I mean, Joe Burrow's uh, essentially a rookie quarterback coming off a torn ACL. Jamar Chase not playing for a year. And his offseason, preseason, was god-awful. He was like, oh, I can't catch the football because there's not a stripe on the ball. And it was like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, you haven't been catching the NFL football for all these months? What's up? So, uh, for Cincinnati to be, like, such a weird team and just generally bad, and, uh, and to be playing the kind of football they've been this year, it's been awesome. I'm loving everything about
0: Cincinnati. So you mentioned Cincinnati. It's very interesting to me because I was a lot a lot like a lot of people back in the spring when they went ahead and drafted Chase, thinking, you know, what are you doing? You know, you got Burrow's blind side to think about. He's coming off that ACL. It was a wasted pick in a lot of people's eyes. Obviously, it wasn't. And then, again, reason number 1,000 why I'm not an NFL GM. Um what is the realistic ceiling, you think, for the Cincinnati Bengals as uh, as we get closer to the playoffs? Are they are they a legit playoff team in the AFC? I think they're one of those scrappy teams because, like, Cincinnati fits that perfect level of NFL
1: team that I really like, which is, like, fun, scrappy, young team that can beat you on a given week. Like, you can't look at a game against the Bengals and go, oh, well, this team's a pushover. Like, they're not the Jets. They're not the Lions. They're not uh, the, the Jaguars, you know. So, like – you look at them, you go, okay, well, any team can can take a beating from the Bengals on a given week. You always got to be prepared. So can they win a playoff game? Yeah, I, I can absolutely see them winning a playoff game. Like, talk, talk about Tennessee, right? Like, they're not the same team as Derrick Henry. Could they be beatable on any, any given day by the Bengals? Absolutely.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's, that's part of what makes the Bengals feel great. And now currently in the AFC, who is your biggest letdown? Like, what team are you looking at right now and thinking – what has happened? Why are you in this position you're in right now? And that's currently in, in a playoff-type contending position.
1: I'm going to say the Chiefs. I know they winning games and, like, yeah, the whole Travis Kelsey back stuff. But for the course of this season, for them to be so bad to start and all the turnovers and uh Mahomes is on my fantasy team. So uh, <laughs> the, the, for all of those things to come together, it was just like, damn, what is up with Kansas City? Like, it was so weird to see that the hardest things for Patrick Mahomes was, like – actually playing quarterback, you know, like real drives of 15 plays and not just like, here's a 70-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill. See, when's the next drive? So, uh, watching him struggle like that was surprising. I'm curious to see if that comes back again a little bit more in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, just thought
0: the Chiefs would be stronger out of the jump. Yeah, I, well, so here's my take on the Chiefs, and I called it last uh, last offseason heading into this season, was uh, we've seen this already. We've seen how this is going to end up as far as an Andy Red. Andy Reid-led football team. Uh, obviously, he reached a, a pinnacle that he didn't reach here, Philly, but uh, that's because he had a quarterback that he didn't have here. But uh, we, re- I already kind of know how this is going like, to work itself out. This is, yet last season was the beginning of the decline of the Chiefs. I think in about three years from now, the Chiefs are, are, are done. I honestly do. Um, but you're right. Everything that you said said is, is definitely with all the weapons they have on that team, for them to have struggled this much It is somewhat of an enigma. Is it an Andy Reid thing, you think? Or is it the rest of the NFL catching up with the Chiefs thing? No, well, yeah. I I think we might be a little bit on the same
1: page with this because I thought it was the beginning of the end of the Chiefs too, the second Mahomes signed the contract. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going from a guy who's one of the, the, if not the greatest talent that's ever played the quarterback position on a rookie deal, and you have to change to paying him more money than any player's ever been paid in the history of the sport. That's a major adjustment, and you're going to get hurt in a lot of spots. The defense is garbage. It's worse. You know, like, it's always had problems. That's only going to get worse. Having all the great weapons around you, it's harder to do that An offensive line. So, yeah, like, the Chiefs are inevitably going to go through decline. It's just a question of, is Holmes so incredibly great that they can still win it, even with him taking the money? Because, like, obviously Brady has never taken the money to that degree.
0: He did the same thing in Tampa, and what do you know? He immediately wins a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's got an amazing cast in Tampa. Absolutely, and it's definitely something that's going to be interesting to see play out. All right, Vince, at the bottom of the conference, or I shouldn't say at the bottom of the conference, but at the bottom of the conference playoff picture in the, in the hunt category, of course, we have seven playoff positions this year, which is pretty cool. But holding on, and I'll give you the 8 through 13, uh, because those are the teams that are most likely – to make a uh, possible push here, we got the uh, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Colts, the Steelers, the Browns, and then the Miami Dolphins uh, squeezing in there at 13. Out of any of those teams, do you see anybody uh, making a push and maybe taking over to seventh or possible to sixth seed in the AFC? Yeah, it's, it's out of
1: that group of teams, it's the Colts. And, and that feels really easy to me. I mean, the Steelers, I don't trust Big Ben for anything. Uh, other than, you know, if I have, like, leftovers on my plate, he'll finish them off. So uh, outside, outside <laughs> of that, I mean, if, if I'm looking at where that, all those teams are, yeah, like, the Colts are the most stable, reliable, believable thing because the roster's great. Wentz is playing in control enough over there. Like, he still makes some dumb plays, but generally he's hitting the ball off. He's running the offense. So, uh, and that's what he was supposed to do, right? Like, I, I always thought he was a game manager and he just had the ability to, like, flash occasionally as a superstar. But now that everything's moved the way that it has, man, I mean, it feels right for him to be an indie. Everything's clicking at this point. It took a few weeks, and they're going to be fine.
0: I don't care what to say, Vince. The Indianapolis Colts, led by Carson Wentz, ain't winning a damn thing in the playoffs. <laughs> he ain't winning a damn. All that. All I care about, obviously, is what every other Eagle fan cares about, is we get to about the end of, was it week 14 is the projection date? That he'll hit that magical 75% threshold if he doesn't play again and we get that first round pick. Yeah, 13 kills the deal. So, uh, right yeah, so that's all I really care about. Carson Wentz, listen, he, he, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz because you're right, though, but what you said, he's a game manager, but he doesn't think he is. That's the problem.
1: Which you can do occasionally. Then the team runs super smooth, and he makes some plays, and like he can escape the pocket when he needs to. But then, yeah, he starts feeling it, or he starts to press a little bit, and then it's all right. Here's this dumb throw where I'm switching hands and <laughs> throwing
0: the ball to his, a linebacker, and I put a bounce it off his helmet into the receiver's hand. <laughs> that kind of play, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Now with one more question, and we'll switch over to the NFC. Uh, Vince, one of the most dominating teams last season at the AFC kind of, kind of came out of nowhere were the Buffalo bills and this season, not so much, uh, seven and four looking up at the Patriots led by their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. Vince is what is going on in, first of all, what is going on in Buffalo? And is it something that they can fix going into the playoffs? weird teams where i mean they have some of the
1: losses that you look at you go like wait what the hell happened there you know what i mean so yeah uh, the, the bills are really confusing i mean last year the thing is like uh, well, let me start with what i like about the bills because for the bills of how they got so good last year the thing is they've organizationally like everybody believed in josh allen you know like that is not easy to do when it came out he's a questionable prospect his accuracy sucks You have no idea what he's going to be. He throws 56% or so as a passer his first year. You're like, there's no way this is really going to work. He's fun, but he's not good. But they stayed with him, and he kept working. He developed his footwork. He he was done like 70% last year. Nobody in the history of the NFL has gone from a 56% passer to a 70% passer at that volume. It, It just doesn't happen. So for him to play like that was amazing, but you also go... Yeah, he's probably going to regress a little bit, right? <laughs> right. What are the odds that the guy that's made the greatest leap ever is going to consistently be that good? Yeah. So, I think part of that is the problem. Uh, now you're getting into the business of pain, and that's going to be a problem for them down the line. But, uh, yeah, I would say they're still competitive. It's just, are they the favorite? Do I, like, fully believe Josh Allen like that? That's really the central issue for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were the sexy pick last year. Obviously, not so much this year. Uh, and... They just seem to be kind of muddling through. Now, to their credit, they're winning. I mean, they're 7-4. and four. I'd take 7-4. and four, But uh, obviously, the out there in western New York, they have higher aspirations for the, the, the Bills this year. And I don't necessarily think they're going to reach those aspirations this year. Yeah,
1: I don't think so either. I mean, honestly, they're playing the Patriots this weekend. I think the Patriots win the
0: game. That's man. a good game. That's a really good game. That's going to be a very good game.
1: Yeah, that game's going to be awesome. But, you're like, you look at the way the Patriots are rolling right now. They're just playing great football with guys that aren't necessarily great. Like, Kendrick Bourne is going off, and you're like, wait, who? Yeah, like, okay, well, he had, like, two touchdowns and 100 yards last week, and that's kind of the trend that he's been on lately. He's been killing it for him. So, Belichick piecing together that roster. He's just got a great feel for things anyway. The defense is back together. I think they're going to give Allen a hard time. And if they win that game, I mean, that's that's devastating for the Bills.
0: Absolutely. All right, Vince, let's switch our sights to the NFC now um, again, kind of ask you the same type of question here. Uh, we got uh, the first seven seeds. You got Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa, Dallas, L.A., San Francisco and Washington. Wow. That's interesting. All right. Out of those teams, Vince, who do you think is the I mean, who who is the team in this in that in that seven group?
1: the team that I mean and I really don't like this right now, but the team that generally I gotta tip my cap to is the Arizona Cardinals. I I didn't think the Cardinals had this in them. Uh I thought they were always a good team, a fun team, but like nine and two the Cardinals are nice. It's like, really? But you, dude, you look around at that team, man. I mean, it's, it's Hopkins. A.J. Green is like a forgettable guy on that team, which he's still got something, like he had a great start to the year. Uh, you you got Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. So they got, like, fun, speedy guys. Kyler Murray's a joy to watch. So when you get an offense like that, and then Chandler Jones is just ridiculous,
0: you know? Right. They, they have enough pieces everywhere that they look
1: like a legitimate contender. Cliff Kingsbury scares the crap out of me, yep. so that's what I worry about. But, I mean, when you're talking about him versus, like, Matt LaFleur, is Matt LaFleur so great that, you know, like, he's going to blow away Kingsbury? Maybe not. Uh, the Buccaneers have played down to their competition a lot this year, so they're winning games, but they're not dominating the way that you'd think. So, uh, yeah, right now I'm, I'm giving it to the Cardinals, and, and we'll see where they go.
0: Yeah, anybody named the the dodgeball guy, I'm not really all in you know, on. So, uh, you also – you're just – you forgot one other key, crucial piece to the Arizona Cardinal pitcher, and that would be Mr. Zach Ertz. Listen, Vince, I picked Zach Ertz up in fantasy football once he was traded, and I have not regretted it. Oh, I, I bet. I mean, I feel like every time I'm looking through
1: stuff going on with the Cardinals, it's like in Ertz touchdown, it's Ertz in the locker room. Yep. Like, he said, it's Ertz mania over there, <laughs> it's
0: like. Yes, it does. All right, Vince. Now, let's talk about the bottom feeders, or not the bottom feeders, but in the hunt, um, Ugh. Minnesota, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Arizona or sorry, uh not Arizona, but um Carolina and New Orleans. Vince, out of that group of let's let's face it, straight dogs, is there anybody that's gonna make a push uh and maybe dethrone the the football team or possibly the, the 49ers and sneak in? Well,
1: the, the Eagles are the team that has Thank the chance Oh to sneak my in. god,
0: Vince. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. <laughs> Oh finish. my god. <laughs> they, they Washington twice. Okay? Okay. Because they at least split
1: with Washington, they're taking the seventh seed. It's gonna
0: happen. Vince, they gotta run the table to get the seventh seed. They gotta run the table. They gotta run the table to, to get the seventh seed.
1: Washington's right there with Washington's
0: five and six. Well, I it's, and I know and they hold the they, they don't hold the, the the tiebreaker over Atlanta, and they don't hold no tiebreaker over Minnesota because they haven't played them. Uh, I'm honestly believe that if for the Eagles to get into the playoffs, they got to run the table. They got to go ten and seven, and that's that's in my mind not not even like realistic to think about. See,
1: Washington, I, I was looking through them recently. They're playing Dallas a couple of times.
0: Yes, they they got a tougher uh, schedule ahead. I agree, I agree. But yeah. what what makes you think the Eagles can split with the football team? We couldn't score more than seven points against the Giants. What makes you think the Eagles can split against the football team?
1: Well, the Eagles played their worst game of the season against the Giants, and they threw four, they had four turnovers, you know? Like, they almost won that game, but Jalen Rager sucks. So I just – I'm not taking too much from that Giants game. Honestly, I think they played the Giants in, in a couple of weeks that so they're going to win by, like, 30. I mean, so, the Giants are terrible.
0: So Jalen Rager is the reason why they lost 13-7. Jalen
1: Rager, Jalen Hurts turning the ball over three times. Boston Scott turning the ball over. Uh, I thought the play calling early was not great. They really don't have any identity as a passing team. So I mean, they've got they've got issues. I'm not telling you they're necessarily a good team, but out of teams that are going to sneak in and steal the seventh spot, the Eagles are the best
0: candidate out of that group. Okay, um, we'll see how how things work out. Obviously, and please, again, programming note or listener note: I'm an Eagle fan. I really am, but I am a real. Eagles fan and um what I mean by that is that and we'll get on actually I'm going to say that because I'll let you know what I mean by that in a minute last question about the NFC this is a two-parter Vince are you ready for it yeah I'm ready to go how long left does Pete Carroll have in Seattle and how long left does Russell Wilson have in Seattle yeah, so how many weeks are left in the season for those guys? <laughs> about uh, <'cause>, five. <laughs> yeah, so five weeks. They've got five
1: weeks together, then, uh, then that's going to be it, man. I mean, Pete still, like he had a comment just a couple of weeks ago where he was like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have made it this far as the Seahawks head coach if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. <laughs> <he was> like, <laughs> okay, dude, you're, you're seeing the finish line here. This thing is over. Like, the fact that Jeff is talking so much about Russ being out and mentioning that Russ would waive his no trade. Cause to be in Philly, for example, we can get uh, to that later, but yeah. uh, he, he wants out, he was trashing Pete Carroll last year, it, it's not g- going to get any better anytime soon, and for Pete Carroll, he could never build an offense, like, he had that team never. early, it was, it was a ground and pound offense, he had Marshawn Lynch, for Russell Wilson in all these years and the quality of player that he's been, the different offensive coordinators coming in and out, the terrible game plans, the lack of building an offensive line ever since, it, it's just been terrible, man. I mean, it's, it, the offense has
0: been a joke. So it's a safe bet to say in Vince Quinn's assessment that the, um, let's say, the, uh, the I, I don't want to call it a dynasty or the 12th man nonsense up there, but the, the dynasty of Pete Carroll, Russ Wilson, uh, did they miss an opportunity to capture more Super Bowls or is that one Super Bowl pretty much what you feel that they they built?
1: Well, they should
0: have won that second one. I mean, the, yeah. my God, the the pick, the yeah, oh the goal God, line, right. yeah, that was ridiculous, unforgettable. Uh, So, yeah, they should have had two at the minimum. But ever since then, I mean, for all these years, again, it's like Pete Carroll's a defensive head coach.
1: He's had a great defense. Mm -hmm. All these years, different linebackers that have come and gone, guys in the secondary, they they have a knack for developing those guys and maintaining those guys, and that's great. Um, But, man, I mean, the offense has just always been Russell Wilson. Like, his ability to make throws 25, 30 yards, 50 yards down the field He's ridiculous. I mean, he's ridiculous with that. And it's propped up Seattle to a point where it's masked all their problems for, I don't know, seven years, eight years. Like, it's, it's been a long time.
0: And does Pete Carroll return to college football? Does he have a job in the NFL next year? Or does he take a couple couple years off to find himself? Uh, well, Pat, uh, Pete Carroll's welcome to have a podcast with Last Out, and we'll work with him on that. Because uh, <laughs> honestly...
1: I, I, I think that's a good route for him at this point. Because he's been around the game forever. Obviously, he loves doing it. He's got a ton of energy. He's just a generally likable guy. Like, when you just hear him speak, you're like, oh, this seems like a nice man. Uh, so, I think he could work really well as a broadcaster. I don't know if he'd want to do it, but he'd stay in one location. He's been out on the West Coast. He's been at, like, USC and all that. So, hey, you go to L.A., you hang out and do a TV
0: gig. That would be a really good fit for Pete Okay, I can see that, actually. And my final NFC question. It's a question that I don't want to ask, but i got to ask it because I would not be doing my job. Okay. How legitimate are the Dallas Cowboys? Uh,
1: they are legitimate enough that they should be a Super Bowl contender if they had a real coach.
0: So that is going to be their downfall. They have the talent. They have the talent. They just yeah. don't have the coaching.
1: They always have the talent, and they never have the coaching. I mean, and then sometimes they have injuries and all this other stuff, but, like, yeah, that, that team's crazy talented, they draft well. So that's the thing with Dallas. They always have the talent. They should be better than they are all the time. But, hey, Jason Garrett kind of stinks, and now you got Mike McCarthy, and he kind of stinks. Like, Kellen Moore's going to get a job somewhere at some point, but the Mike McCarthy factor matters and they're just not going to be good enough with him. He hasn't been good since 2009.
0: So with the Mike McCarthy factor in mind, what is Vince Quinn's ceiling of the Dallas Cowboys in 2021?
1: I mean, the ceiling is they, I guess, I mean, trying to think of the standings here. Can they get a bye? Do I believe
0: they are currently in the fourth seed? They are one game behind Green Bay and one game behind, or half a game behind Tampa and a game behind Green Bay.
1: them to get the one seed so yeah assuming they don't get the one seed in the bye, i think they can win in the first round the back half of the you know the back half of the, the nfc wild card and all that
0: is clearly not good so well, I don't... They probably win round, <laughs> That's just really not they, good <laughs> yeah and, and so from there yeah like i would figure
1: they lose in the second round just because you know they're going to play the packers in lambo or something like that and they'll they'll lose that game so uh yeah, that's that's where I've got it right now. They win one playoff game,
0: and that's the ceiling. Yeah, I, I'll buy that. Actually, I, you know what? I don't even know. I I I can't in good faith, even with all the that in front of me. I can't even. I, I could never live with myself if I said they could win a playoff game or hell get to the playoffs. I'm, I'm still banking on the fact that they won't. So, uh, but you're right. They are a talented team, and you know you mentioned the, the D word, the drafting word for drafting. Um, it's truly remarkable how. Other teams not named the Philadelphia Eagles draft and how other people who seem to think Howie Roseman is actually doing a good job um, when it stacks up against the rest of the competition in the NFL, how truly of a horrible job he's doing uh, drafting, you know, and uh, that's 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 my story and I'm sticking to it. I know it's not a popular story amongst a lot of you Quins, but um, that's my story. Here's where, here's where i'll give you the credit because
1: i've i've gone in and out of being a roseman guy uh and for a while i was and now now i'm a little more out but the thing is when, when you think about where these teams have been the last couple of years part of it is they've been injured like crazy and uh doug peterson i just think really isn't a good head coach either so whatever but for roseman the problem is he misses the obvious stuff if he hit the obvious stuff paired with the Great things that he can do occasionally at the back end of drafts. Yeah, they'd be in great shape. They'd be in wonderful shape. They'd be amazing. They'd be a dynasty. You know what I mean? Like
0: they'd be out of control. But hey, Dillard kinda stinks and now it's like, oh wow, he's like a serviceable backup guard. This is great. He's like the fourth string guard. So whatever that's worth. That's what that's uh, a first round pick all the way right there. Yeah, I know. And then obviously will take a whiteside
1: and Rager and like yeah, so so they've
0: blown all that stuff. Let me ask you Please. this, Vince. Let me—I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Let me ask you this: Is it fair to throw Carson Wentz in that category right now?
1: As like a bust?
0: Yeah. No, I, I why? He's not here, Vince. Correct. Yeah, he's not. Okay, so he's a bust. No, he's not. Uh, because here's the problem. Here's the thing with Wentz. Wentz, for the talent
1: of the
0: guy that you drafted, I have no problems
1: with that pick. I wouldn't take it back. He's the quarterback of the team that won a Super Bowl.
0: You and Kyle rehearse this before you guys go out in the morning. Jeez, it's the same thing. his His brain got melted because the backup quarterback won a Super Bowl with his team, and he's never been the same guy mentally. You couldn't predict that. Yeah, well how can you predict Nick Foles winning a Super
1: Bowl and Men's just Wentz just completely melts down? You can't
0: predict that. Okay, obviously you cannot predict the meltdown part. Well, no, you can't predict the whole injury and Foles and all that. But isn't there like a draft pre-draft process where character and resiliency are kind of factored in when they interview these kids? I, I understand maybe they just say what they gotta say and at times they you know, evaluators want to hear what they want to hear. Don't sit here and tell me he's not a bust. When less well, – after five years, he – I don't care how he got out of here. I, I got it. He wanted out. I'm not denying that. But no matter what, he is not here. He was a second overall pick. He goes in the same category as Jared Goff as a bust. He is a straight-up bust because he's not here. True or false? False. I mean, the difference between him and Goff, right? The difference between him and Goff is – can't
1: play at a high level. He never could. What? They, they what? had the most Sean McVay's puppet, basically, and they had him in the lead running game. Like they misevaluated the player. You know what I mean? They they wanted a the guy to be the system quarterback in LA and they gave up on him. For Wentz, one, he gave up on them, and he won it out. And two, yeah, his brain imploded. But, like, for being a great athlete and a quality player, they didn't necessarily misdiagnose the player. Like, Dillard's a misdiagnosis of the player. Rager's a uh, misdiagnosis of the player. Wentz is different than that. He's like, he's
0: almost his own category to me. I I don't understand. I I mean, he had one good year in five. He is the same thing as Nelson Aguilar was. One good year in five. I don't care how you mask it or what position I got. It. He was the quarterback. And, yes, did he have a lot to do with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? He did. But did he also – did the other 52 guys have a lot to do with them winning the Super Bowl? They did. And as the last time I checked there, Vince, there's not I, – I don't know where the Carson Wentz statue was out in front of the link. I have not found it yet. Maybe it's around back. I don't know. <laughs> you everything, but like thank you. And neither one of them are here. Well, it's it's a legacy thing. It, it, it'll 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 matter again when they honor the Super Bowl team 20 years from now. But but listen, my point is this he was a high draft pick, the second overall selected, and in five years, he is no longer here. No matter how he got out, he's out, he's gone, and he is not. I mean, you mentioned uh Jared Goff. Do you honestly think Carson Wentz could have um I know this is kind of a hard question to ask, but Carson Wentz could have performed at the same level as Nick Foles did in Super Bowl 52? I mean, well, yeah. But
1: I mean, he playing at Foles' level.